Come on, everybody, it's the inside trip. So crack a high life and take a sip on that T-I-T. Get up and scream, and you can spell it backwards. You know what I mean. Your boy Brando in the house tonight. Gonna lay it down smooth and keep it tight. When Ben Watson gets on the mic, you better get ready because he brings the hype. It's about that time you already know that nasty trip, this nasty flow. The inside trip that is the show. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Ah, uh, what's up, wrestling fans? We are back. Episode number 84 of the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. Coming at you with another midweek special. Dare I say delight. My name is Brandon Olinger. Join with me, as always, my man, your man, everybody's man, Ben the Law Watson. What up, what up, what up? What is up, Ben? Not a whole heck of a lot, Brandon. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good for a Thursday night. Actually, I'm doing amazing. Listen, guys, as I said, a midweek special coming at you again with another interview, this time with Division One head coach from Cleveland State University, Josh Moore. We're super stoked to bring him to you. We've been talking about having him on the podcast for a long time and finally have been able to hook up with him and get him on the microphone with us. Ben, I thought it was amazing. It was so great. You know, I think the coolest thing about what we get to do with this podcast is, you know, talking to some of these head coaches from programs that maybe fly a little under the radar and finding out exactly how they run their program day to day. Look, you know, we all know about the Big Ten and the Big 12 and, you know, the Power Five, quote unquote, uh, wrestling programs that have these huge donor bases and everything. But you know what? That's not a significant portion of the wrestling community. And I think What's most important is that we get to hear about how these programs like Cleveland State are building these building their program. Agree 100 um, percent. I, th- I just think it's always fascinating to talk to these coaches from smaller programs to see how they're attacking things. What's their you know, what is their their plan of action for, you know, operating these wrestling programs for building a staff recruiting uh, what are the challenges they deal with? I just think it's fascinating. There's there's so much to be told there. And, and and that was exactly the case with, with Josh Moore, and, and I loved it. Yeah, you can tell that Josh Moore is one of the great minds in wrestling, in college wrestling right now. And um, I think that there's going to be some big things coming for Cleveland State. Agreed. I, I, I absolutely agree with you. All right, guys, we're going to bring you this interview with Josh Moore. But first, let me just go ahead and take care of that normal business. As I said, it's the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. Find us on Twitter at the Inside Trip one We have a Facebook page and an Instagram, the Inside Trip. If you want to send us an email, you can do so to the inside trip one at gmail.com. As for the podcast itself, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, all those typical podcast locations. So go out there, find it, subscribe, download, give us a listen. And if you like us, or even if you don't like us, a little rate and a review. Hey, listen, guys, we've said it before. We're going to say it again. The national tournament is right around the corner. So, you know, you got to get the number one fan guide in the business put out by Jason Bryant. Okay, so go out there to wrestlingpreviewguide.com forward slash inside trip. The preview guide is normally $19.99. You go to that web address right there. You'll have a discount automatically applied. It'll be $14.99 for your convenience. Or, as Ben always says, if that's too difficult for you, go out to matttalkonline.com, find the link on JB's website for the preview guide, use promo code INSIDETRIP, all one word, you'll get that $5 discount. We get a little bit of extra spending money in our pockets for March, for Nationals in Pittsburgh, you know, maybe I get to buy Ben an extra beer or two. That's right. All right, enough of us knuckleheads talking, we're going to bring you the Josh Moore interview, we hope you enjoy it. As always, don't wind up on your back, bros. All right, joining us for episode number 84 of the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast is Cleveland State University head coach Josh Moore. Coach Moore, thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to sit down and talk with us, especially in what can be considered the most crucial time of the season. Ben and I have actually been talking about reaching out to you for such a long time for an interview. Shame on us for not doing so until now, but we're extremely excited to have you the opportunity to talk to you. How you doing, my man? You, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I appreciate you guys uh, reaching out to me. 
and uh, given me an opportunity to talk about Cleveland State and the city and all the great things going on uh, around this area. That's awesome. Ben and I are Ohio guys ourselves. We're based out of Dayton, Ohio. Um, I'm a huge Cleveland sports fan. I'll even throw Cleveland State wrestling in the mix as well. Um, Ben, (laughs) a little bit of a Cincinnati sports fan, but that's okay. We go back and forth at times. (laughs) Yeah, man. So, yeah. So, what's going on right? What's going on right now, man? I mean, obviously, you got to be pretty busy. Like, give me a little bit of kind of what happened. What 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 you were up to today? Yeah. Well, so today we're um, obviously you know, having guys coming in for individual drills and just kind of, you know, fine tuning some things and then, um, you know, working, uh, with some NCA tickets, trying to, trying to distribute the, uh, the hot NCA ticket that everybody wants. Right. So just work with our ticket person, trying to figure out, you know, who, uh, who's going to get the lucky ticket this year. Um, doing with that, just, uh, what else are we doing? Looking at some recruits, trying to plan out the weekend. We got a big recruiting weekend and, uh, you know, Northeast Ohio, we're going to a couple of districts around, around here, Menor, um, Alliance and North Kent Hoover. So me and uh, our staff will be out there just, uh, you know, watching, watching some of the kids we've already signed, but also just watching some other kids as well. So, um, you know, you can, you can never get enough wrestling up here in Northeast Ohio or somewhere to go, somewhere to be, someone to talk to. And, uh, you know, that's kind of one of been my main goals after taking over is just being visible and, you know, having people see the coaches from Cleveland State out there just recruiting with, you know, looking at their student athletes and just really trying to, the, the name of the game is just keeping these Ohio kids in, in state and, you know, giving, uh, giving Cleveland State a chance to, you know, to, to give them an education and to give them an opportunity to, to wrestle for a great school. No doubt. Listen, hey, and we are excited to talk to you about all of that stuff and more. But listen, we yeah. always got kind of a little bit of an icebreaker that we got to get into before any podcast. And with okay. you, it's funny, like we're, we're, we're sitting here talking about this uh, this interview with you beforehand. And Ben and I, um, so, so Ben was a former D1 wrestler at Slippery Rock back in the day, um, was actually a qualifier in 2004, I believe. And um, I'm just, a, you know, okay. both of us are huge bracket nerds. And we're just sitting here talking about, we got to ask you. Tell us a little bit about the match between you and Johnny Thompson in the quarterfinals in 2004. It was a wild match, eight to seven, uh, right? Yeah, it was eight to seven. You know, it was kind of crazy. I mean, you know, just a little background going into that national tournament. Uh, so the year before, I took third in the country. You know, I guess kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, if you know, uh, you know, my twin brother Scott and I, we were always. I guess somewhat confident as, as you have to be as a, you know, D one college wrestler, you have to believe in yourself, but, you know, so we always kind of knew we were good. We just never proved it until our junior year. And then finally we, we both placed, but then heading into our senior year, um, you know, had a, had a pretty good year, had a couple losses that were not, you know, not great, but some big wins, but then, you know, the big 10 tournament, I ended up taking fourth lost to a couple of kids that I shouldn't have just had a bad day. And, I think I was the seventh seed at nationals and Johnny Thompson would have been six. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Six. And then he would have been third seed, right? Yeah. That's right. Five. So, yeah. So I, I, you know, I, I, the year before I watched him and I thought I could beat him. And, uh, so when I saw the bracket, I was like, yeah, at least I'll, you know, hopefully I'll get an opportunity this year to wrestle him. And, you know, um, you know, he's good double leg, not really too great on a mat, not real funky. So I just, you know, thought I had a good chance to wrestle him and, didn't get, didn't get the, you know, wasn't too worried about it, but I actually, he shot in a couple times and I hit him and I guess it would kind of be almost like a leg cradle situation where I believe the first time the ref didn't, um, didn't give me any points for it. And I was kind of upset and then he shot in again. And I think I end up getting a leg cradle and end up getting two and two and three maybe. And was, was, uh, up by as many as three I think I don't know he then he came storming back and got me in a couple double legs and um you know got a little dice at the end I remember that I remember at the end didn't he get you kind of in almost the cow catcher position uh am am I I, possibly am I miss I might be misremembering man so I was I was I was two in barbecue at the tournament so I was like just sitting down there (laughs) I was just sitting down there watching and I swear and maybe I'm making making shit up, but I was watching that match and it was like one of my, it's a match I'll never forget, even though if I don't remember exactly yeah. what happened, but I remember you winning. Cause I remember, I, I mean, I knew who you were, obviously I wrestled at 125. So I obviously knew who Josh Moore yeah. was up at 133, 
And I was like, oh shit, yeah. Johnny Thompson's the man, right? Like he about to he about to go here. And I remember when you won, I was I was like, oh, this Josh Moore dude's for real. Yeah, I mean, it, it was uh, the thing I remember. It was like, I mean, yeah, we had some Penn State fans. I'm sure they were fired up, but I think it was was it Iowa? I think it was Iowa that was more excited because it knocked, you know, knocked an Oklahoma yeah, State right. guy out of the championship bracket, which I don't even know who who won the the team race that year. Do you remember back in '04? I don't even. <laughs> it could have been Oklahoma State still. It was, it was Oklahoma State. Oklahoma, yeah. Oklahoma State. It was, was, Oki, it? It was yeah. Oki State by like forty something points. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they didn't really need his his points anyway, but. Um, yeah, it was, it, it was fun. I mean, I don't know, you know, looking back, you look at it and it's kind of, um, you know, one of those situations where it was like a blur, you know, I mean, at the time it was exciting. Then, then you kind of think about it. I was like, wow, how did that, how did that really happen? But, um, but that's the, that's the beautiful thing about wrestling and also the national tournament is how many, how many upsets and great matches, you know, you can see in a three day period. I mean, it, it's, I mean, I, I consider the national tournament, the Division One national tournament, the greatest. You know, as many the greatest show on earth. I mean, right. it's, it's amazing. Yeah, that was, it was. We really wanted to get your perspective on that. It was. It was cool to hear you talk yeah. about it. Obviously, you defeating the three seed Johnny Thompson, ultimately, uh, you know, falling to. Uh, I think the the five seed Zach Roberson in the finals. But Man, um, you were a two time yeah. All American, third and second for Penn State. Um, yep. All yeah. right, so we're obviously really excited to talk to you about your team and the preparation heading into the postseason and whatnot, um, but we just kind of wanted to get started a little bit with how you actually ended up at Cleveland <laughs> State. Um, we know that you were okay. announced as the, the head coach of Cleveland State in May of 2018 after spending a few years as the top assistant. Um, if you don't mind, yep. just kind of talk to us about what was it like going through the interview process at the time for the head coaching position? Uh, I mean, you know, it, it was still a little nerve-wracking. I mean, in my eyes, I was – the best person for the job. And I thought originally maybe they would just name me the interim head coach. And then, you know, maybe a week or two later, just, just, um, I wouldn't say give me the job, but just announce that I was the head coach. And I was, you know, after a few weeks went by and I was told, Hey, you're going to, you're going to have to interview just like everybody else. You got to apply. And then I start to realize like, Hey, I mean, they're not just going to let me have this job. I'm going to have to go through the whole process like everybody else. And, you know, I mean, the, the only thing, you know, I wish, I wish right away they, they could have gave me the job because I think recruiting wise and some of the things going on with Eastern Michigan dropping their program, they had a ton of guys from Ohio that I think we could have recruited at that time. But, you know, really going through that process really made me think about why I wanted to be the head coach, the things I would do different, um, you know, put together a game plan of, of my vision and my, and, and what I wanted to due to this program so it it helped me as far as develop you know game plan and a vision at that point but it was uh it was a little bit nerve-wracking for those three or four weeks that I didn't really know what was going on do you know who else they were looking at at the time uh I mean I know you know a few other guys there's there's a lot of names thrown around um but the only person I know that interviewed was Dave Bullyard from Eastern Michigan um, and I kind of was under understanding that he really didn't really, I don't think he wanted to move back this way. He had a situation out in, uh, Michigan that he was, um, you know, pretty happy with, with his wife and everything. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's quite a few local people and then, you know, can I say Kenny Sherto maybe? <laughs> uh, I, I'm that I, that would be I my think, guess. I think that's okay to say, right? Yeah, sure, but sure. yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because um, you know it is a D1 job. I mean, if you're from the area, you know how much uh, you know over the past ten years that this city has developed and the right. the money that the university put into the campus, and you know all the great things that happen in Cleveland with you know, the Cavs and the Indians and everything that's you have access to with all the fortune 500 companies and just, I mean, the lake. And I mean, it's a, it's a, honestly, a you know, I like this place a lot better than I thought I would when I first came up here three years ago. And um, so I think a lot of local people that knew 
you know, that was kind of a, a place that you could develop kids and, and recruit, start to recruit to because of all the improvements. I think a lot of people had interest. Um, but like anything else, I mean, it's hard to leave a, it's hard to leave another job at a place you're, you're already successful. And I think that right. kind of helped eliminate a lot of people when they started looking at the job and, and uh, you know, some of the other things that go along with being the head coach here. I, I mean, I got to tell you, look, I mentioned it earlier, and I, I, mean, I meant it. I, I absolutely love Cleveland. I think the downtown is, is amazing. There's a lot going on. They've really revitalized Cleveland again. Um, obviously a huge hotbed for wrestling. Um, I'm actually going to be up there next weekend, you know, celebrating my son's 16th birthday with him, you know, up there. That's how much we enjoy it. Um, so, but we, okay. we, we have to ask you, you know, got to know. So you spent, I think, what, 11 season at Kent State before coming over to Cleveland. And I mean, you were a huge part of the success that Kent State was having over there. What prompted you to make that change? I think there's, a, I mean, there's a, a variety of reasons, really. I mean, you know, being someplace for so long and, um, you know, eventually I thought it was a better opportunity to, to go elsewhere to become a head coach just because, Knowing, knowing the head coach at Kent wasn't planning on leaving for a long sure. time. Um, you know, we had discussions about that and just, you know, getting a new start, I think it was really good. I mean, it started to get, you're at a, the same place for a long time, work with the same people. And I think eventually the, the relationships kind of go stale and you just need, need to move on and, and go somewhere different. So, um, you know, the way I looked at it too, it was like, I think Cleveland State, you know, when, when I was leaving, we were for the five or six years before that we had all Americans. And I felt like maybe, um, I don't know. I, I felt like maybe we weren't doing as well as we could have. And I, and I thought maybe moving on at, at that point to go somewhere else and start developing another program just to build my resume. And, um, you know, I didn't really know it, it could work out like this. Although when I interviewed you know, I was talking to coach to her, the coach before me, he was saying, you know, I'm looking for somebody to take, take the job over here in a couple of years. And, um, you know, it's funny that it kind of worked out that way. Yeah. And you know, I tell you as when they were kind of going through that interview process, I know I was, and I know Brandon was as well. We were hoping that they were going to give you the job. You know, I think that, you know, you showed a ton while you were coaching at Kent State and then, you know, to kind of come over to Cleveland State and start an assistant with that recruiting pipeline, especially with that pipeline you have at uh, from Pennsylvania that, that it made sense for you as the choice. So I'm glad that happened. Yep. Um, okay, yeah. so, so, so as, as many people know, and we're, we're going to kind of, we, you know, we've got to ask you this. Cleveland State attempted to drop their program, and, and I guess effectively did drop their program for like 15 days back in 2015, right after the national tournament. However, unlike many other drop programs, the Cleveland State program was saved after being restate, uh, reinstated. Do you recall how you found out about that decision? So I was actually at Kent at the time. And, oh, okay. uh, I rem- yeah, I remember, um, you know, I remember that popping up and it was, I mean, really surprising for everybody. I mean, Cleveland state before that, maybe, maybe they didn't have the best results as far as wrestling, but they, they always had a somewhat competitive program and a few individuals that would make it to nationals. Um, and so it was kind of, it was kind of strange, but, you know, being somewhere else and not really having too many ties to Cleveland state at the time. It was just like, oh, that that kind of sucks, you know. Hopefully, hopefully they could get it back. And you know, we were we were recruiting a few of the same guys they were, and um, you know, going through the process, they were like, you know, I think we have a pretty good chance to save it. We got a lot of momentum. We're talking to the right people. And like you said, I think it was two weeks after they they never dropped the program, but they just defunded it. So basically, they said, oh, you guys can continue going, but you know, you're going to have to raise money you know, basically keep it going, which I guess is pretty much the same thing because nobody's going to raise three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars in one year. Right. Um, not, not generally, but, but learning more about that once I got up here, because I started in August of that same year, I learned that, um, you know, the wrestlers and business group in Cleveland had a big influence that, uh, NWCA helped out, um, Mike Moyer and those guys. I mean, they just kind of, came up with a game plan and the game plan they used, I guess had never worked before, but they were, you know, they were going to attempt to pass a student fee, um, to, you know, to charge a credit, uh, or, or a couple of dollars per credit for every student 
and you know you, you have to give credit to the to the coaching staff before before that was here and all the student athletes and um the way they marketed it and they went around and talked to students and you know they they end up passing the student student vote and you know a couple couple days later they i think actually i don't i don't know the amount it was one dollar the first year per credit and now it's three dollars per credit it actually brings in quite a substantial amount of money to not only help bring back the wrestling program but it helped add i think it was uh women's track and field um they added another women's sport but they did keep lacrosse as well um so they so they added a lot more student athletes and you know that that was kind of luckily that was a few ad's ago that was john perry and his um his master plan of just adding the cross and right. bringing, um, you know, bringing, bringing, you know, more, I guess, um, uh, East coast affluent university. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, you know, um, personal opinion. I think one of the reasons why the student fee was able to be passed, not, not to discount anything that they did was the fact that, Wrestling is such an important part of Cleveland that even people, even students at Cleveland State that might not have a wrestling tie know that, oh, wrestling is so important to Cleveland. We had a great wrestling program. I remember the kids in high school. They were this and that. And I think that that really – I think that the students were really like, you know what? It just makes sense to have a program in Cleveland because we grew up around this sport, even if we have no influence in it at all or have never been a part of it. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I mean, especially this area, this area around here. I mean, it's just um, crazy just walking down the street or, I mean, anywhere. You can you can find somebody that knows somebody who wrestled or dated a wrestler or somebody in between. So the right. you know, wrestlers kind of stick out, kind of stick out. You can, you know, people always say, oh, I knew I knew that guy was a wrestler just by just the way you walked. <laughs> um, but, I, but I think it's, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, uh a lot of students wanted to support, you know, a sport that they knew was, was alive and well in this area. And, and luckily, you know, the guys on the team at that point uh, were willing to go out and, you know, talk and be out in the public and really, and try to get, try to convince people to vote for them. Um, So it's kind of comes back to the type of type of uh, people that wrestlers are and the type of relationships that they build with, you know, their classmates and their, and, uh, you know, people on campus. So it was, uh, I guess, I guess it was a pretty, like I said, I wasn't here, but it was a pretty exciting time. And obviously this, this university, you know, needs a wrestling program and with this area, and there's a huge upside, at least I believe, and many believe around this program. And that's kind of, you know, what, what my goal is here is to just put this place in, in national recognition again and get them in the top 25 and, you know, put somebody on the podium. And I think that's really what it's going to take to get people to, uh, you know, a lot of people definitely jump back on board, but just to get the full support from everybody in this area, you know, the first time we can get somebody on the podium again is going to be huge. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, we've seen that with, with other, other programs around the country, other smaller programs that it can be done. And there, there is a blueprint for it. And I just have to say, I'm sitting here listening to you talk and thinking, you know, I didn't realize, and this is my fault, I didn't realize that you weren't an assistant at the time that the program was defunded. And thank you for correcting us on that being defunded, not actually dropped. So it, to me, it just yep. speaks volumes that you weren't even an assistant coach at the program at the time, yet you were still able to make the jump from Kent State to Cleveland State after the program was defunded, even if it was just for a short period of time. And then on top of that, continue believing in what you started out to do and then taking the head coach job. So to me, it just it speaks volumes about about you and what you believed in in the Cleveland State program in general. Um, you know, let's let's yeah, tra- you're right. Let's transition a bit. Um, talk to us a little bit about your, your coaching staff. I believe um, as of now, it, it, it consists of uh, Boom Fetchko, Riley Shaw, a former Cleveland State University wrestler. And then, of course, you know, Cleveland area staple, uh, Joey Flug. P-Flug. P-Flug, yeah. <laughs> um, P-Flug, you know, yeah. <laughs> talk to us a little bit about your coaching staff and uh, what went into putting that together. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, when I first uh, – so when everything was, was going down, I was going through the interview process. I will have to say that, um, 
you know, our old volunteer coach and graduate assistant, Fred Garcia was a good, is a good friend of mine. We worked well together and I was, um, you know, kind of hoping to, to keep him around as an upper weight coach. And he just had a great relationship with the guys. He, you know, was a 200 pound person that could drill with a 125 pounder or beat up on the heavyweights. Um, so he was just a room guy. And I was hope I was hoping to find a way to keep him around, but he got, uh, before I was hired, he got picked up by Binghamton and is, uh, doing great things up there for them. Um, but so after, after I ended up getting the job, I was kind of just, you know, the main thing with, with working at a state school is, Hey, you have to open the job up. You have to keep it, keep it open for two or three weeks and you have to do phone interviews and all that fun stuff. So that was, that was kind of a process. I mean, um, you know, where other places could move way quicker and they could just say, Hey, I'm going to bring, I'm going to, I like these two people. I'm going to bring them in. I'm going to hire somebody in two weeks. It was kind of a process here. And I think it ended up taking uh, much longer than, than it would at most places, but we, you know, had to open the job up and we had a few guys on campus and talked to a few other guys. And um, really I was looking for someone that was from Ohio or Pennsylvania that had some roots in, in this area or somewhere in Pennsylvania, someone that had proven they could recruit student athletes that, you know, that they stay in programs they, they can be developed and they obviously graduate. And then, you know, the biggest thing is like, uh, someone, an assistant coach that just really, really, really wanted to be at this place, you know, and there's a lot of assistants will apply for other jobs just to get pay raises or just to, to move up the ladder. But I think with, uh, with Boomer Fetchko, he was, he's an, originally from Ohio. Um, you know, he had been a head coach at a couple, a smaller program. Then he worked at Bloom with John Stutzman. Then he was at Buffalo with John Stutzman. And it just seemed for me, I knew he would be ready to come in here and work his butt off. And he, you know, if you work for John Stutzman, you, you definitely know how to do some, put in some hours. And also he had a lot of connections with, uh, with the Northeast Ohio area. And I thought if we're going to recruit these kids around here, you, you have to have some connections and have to have relationships. And I felt like he, you know, was the best guy for the job based on, based on all those details. Um, as far as the one assistant job, the, with Riley Shaw, it was kind of a no-brainer because he was here on campus already. He was in law school going through his second year, and I needed an upperweight coach. And um, he had his first year in law school last year, he was pretty busy and couldn't really help out. But after, you know, some conversations with him, he wanted to get back involved with the program. And, you know, I think just being an alumni here, knowing, knowing some of the guys on the team, knowing the area, and, you know, just being fully committed to helping out the school he went to, he was also a great pickup for me. And then, you know, we looking for a volunteer coach. So we kind of actually threw a, a thing on Intermat to say, anybody, anybody want to help out for, right. for nothing? And I got an email from Joe Flug and Joe's like, Hey man, I was just thinking about that. Man. I'd love to help out. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, what's your situation? Like, what, what are you looking for? Like a GA? And he's like, no, no, no. I got a full-time job. I work in downtown Cleveland. I get off at two, two thirty every day. I just come in afterwards, and I was like, oh, "Okay, let's meet up. Let me make sure." I mean, because I didn't really—I've heard the name, I heard his name before, but I didn't really know much about Joe before I met up with him. And I obviously talked to a few other people about him, and you know, learn learn more about him. And after meeting up with him once or twice, I was like, "I like this guy. He seems like he bring a lot of energy to the program. Obviously, he has credentials. He knows how to wrestle. He's." um you know, works, works very well with the guys and, and is just a easy person to get along with. Yeah. And Joe Flew's a legend so we decided, in Cleveland, hey. man. <laughs> legend. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, you know, for, we decided to add him on and, um, you know, he's kind of more of a part-time volunteer coach. He comes in, you know, when he can and then he'll, he'll travel with us once in a while and help coach. But, you know, I think, with, with that position, you know, we just wanted a guy that wanted to be here and eventually we'll, we'll keep talking him into doing more and more as, as the years go by. That That's awesome, man. It's, it's actually really interesting to see kind of what you, kind of your mindset when you're putting your, putting the staff together. Um, can you give us a little bit about what each guy kind of brings to the team? Um, all right. Well, yeah, coach, coach boom. He's uh, I'd say he's kind of our organized organized person i mean he <laughs> he's always putting a new schedule up and um 
you know, he does all the weightlifting stuff. He works with our strength coach to schedule out the times and some of the lifts and actually does all the lifts with the guys to see how, you know, see how he would feel afterwards. So he's kind of our organized guy, keep things and he keeps a lot of things in check. And, um, you know, I, I kind of tell him, listen, I'm going to be running all over the place trying to do this and recruit and fundraise and figure things out. So you got to be the staple. And, you know, if I need you to, you know, do some Excel spreadsheet or weigh guys in or do this or that, you got to be the guy. And he, he has, uh, he has no problem doing that. And, uh, I think another thing with him is he, he runs a great room as far as workouts, um, him being so organized, he's always kind of planning things out, thinking about, you know, maybe what, what he wants to go over, what he wants to teach. And he, you know, every time he runs a workout, I know the guys are going to, you know, get a lot out of it and, you know, get in and get in shape. I mean, he's does great conditioning workouts as well. So he's, he's kind of good in that means as far as Riley, he's more of a, a workout partner. Um, and being an alum and graduating with, you know, from Cleveland state, he kind of takes the role of, of communicating with some of the younger alumni and just getting, uh, you know, getting them to come to matches, getting the younger alumni to come to the golf outing and, and just kind of drawing up support from those guys. Because I think one of the biggest things this place was lacking before was the relationships with the younger alumni, the older alumni, and just, uh, you know, potential, potential donors and supporters of the program. And that's one thing that, you know, we're, we're trying to do a, a better job at just keeping people more in the loop, keeping them informed and, you know, inviting, inviting uh, as many people as we can back to our events. And, you know, with, with building a program, it's, it's hard to do. I mean, it's, it, it takes more than two or three coaches and, you know, really trying to get a, a group of alumni and supporters to, you know, be here for us and help out when right. we need them. And I think in the first, you know, eight or nine months of the job, I think we're doing a, a really good job and always looking to expand. And, and the biggest thing is with these younger alumni, just keeping in contact with them and, um, you know, making, making them feel like they're part of the programs still. And, you know, hopefully some of them stay in pretty good shape and it's always cool when they come back and, you know, come back in the room and put their shoes back on and try to wrestle with the younger guys. So, you know, it's it's funny you mentioned that about the alumni. You know, one of the common themes that we've heard from a lot of the coaches that we've spoken with is how important it is to get, you know, alumni involved in the program, whether it's from a fundraising standpoint or, um, or you know, whatever else. And I, I just find that really interesting that you were able to recognize that and you've got a guy there that can help bridge that gap between the younger and the older alumni. That's got to be a pretty valuable asset to the program. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Riley's um, a well-spoken individual. I mean, he's in law school I mean, right now. He's be an and, attorney. I would hope so. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, he's um, he, he does a great job for us with, with that. So, uh, you know, let's, let's just kind of back it up a bit, go back to, you know, you taking over the program. Um, obviously, every head coach, when they take over any type of program or, any, you know, any type of leader takes over a, a role, there's always those short-term and long-term goals. Um, we'd love to just hear, you know, a little bit about what your, you know, what your short-term and long-term goals were and maybe kind of where you're at in that process right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So short-term, I mean, obviously just wanted to initially just get, just surround our guys with good people, uh, you know, hiring the staff that we did with Riley and, and coach Boomer and Joe Flug. I think these guys are all, you know, more than just good coaches. I think they're good people and they're always willing to help our student athletes out with anything they need and not just in the wrestling room. And I think that's most importantly, the way you treat your student athletes and, the, and the, you know, hopefully the way I treat my staff is just to take care of them and to treat them, treat them the right way and um, keep a good relationship with them. And I, and I know from experience, you know, if guys respect the coaches, if they respect what they're teaching, if they're, if they respect how they're treated, um, more times than not, they're willing to go to war for you and, and give everything they have once they step on the mat. And I think that's huge as far as the way we treat our guys. And that's, that's kind of part of the mission and the vision is just to treat our guys, you know, the right way. And also, I guess, treat them like D one athletes. You know, one of the main things I want to make sure our guys, you know, feel like they're D one athletes, feel like they're, you know, getting the same opportunities, getting the same resources that, 
student athletes that maybe bigger schools um, have the opportunity to get. So I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of that maybe used with gear, with, you know, locker room or how your wrestling room looks, but just taking care of our spaces and keeping them clean and making them, making them, you know, feel pride in, in, uh, in where they're at and what they're doing. Um, another, another part is, you know, I want my guys to wrestle in front of a crowd. I want them to feel that anxiety and that pressure when they go out there and there's people cheering and, you know, that they know there's people in the crowd watching and just because when you wrestle with the, the bigger events, I mean, you're going to have that pressure. So really trying to create a better match experience at our home duels and, um, you know, added, added some features and broke out a few smoke machines and did as much as we can with some lighting stuff, but just trying to create more excitement around our home duels is a big thing. And we're going to continue to, to work on that and expand that just to not only provide a better experience for our guys, but, you know, try to put on a show for the fans and the individuals that come, you know, that come watch our, our match and make it, you know, like anything, try to make it an event. And then, you know, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you you know, actually I got, I I saw on, um, um, I've actually been able to catch a couple of your matches. I think I caught the one when you were wrestling Edinburgh, because I think Flo streams all the Edinburgh matches and was able to watch the one, Versus you guys versus Michigan State, yeah. but I but I wasn't able to see any of the ones from the home duels. But I did see that you posted some stuff um, online, and I did see yeah. kind of the fog machines, the smoke machines, and everything. And it <laughs> sounded like the crowd was pretty yeah. into it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, well, the, I mean the Kent the Kent State duel is the biggest, obviously, because they're right up the road, and we had a high school match before, and we did an alumni social across the street, so we had a bunch of guys over there, and. Um, you know, we, we it was probably our biggest crowd all year, and the match was exciting. We had three pins. They had a pin. They, I mean, it was, you know, kind of they were beating us, and then we were crushing them, and then they kind of came back to beat us in the end. But, you know, I feel like leaving that day, even though we lost, I heard so many alumni and, and fans just say, you know, that was an awesome duel. Like, that was – that's how wrestling matches should be. And that kind of excites me. I mean, obviously, being from Penn State, we didn't have – the crowd that they have now, but we still had, you know, two or 3000 fans. And for me, I, I like to wrestle in front of a crowd. And I think our guys, you know, our guys like that too. I mean, who, do, who wants to walk out and wrestle in front of 50 people? Oh, no, um, doubt. no doubt. So I think, I think, I think that's something our guys, uh, you know, they recognize and they, they uh, appreciate, you know, us trying to create, some kind of you know experience and excitement to the fans and we'll we'll continue to do that with a youth match before the one uh the one match which we had the Stowe youth my son I have a 11 year old son and he wrestles for them so it was kind of cool to see him wrestle before our team wrestled and then and then we did the high school duel which was awesome and we'll continue to try to you know try to create ways to get more people in the stands and create more excitement around you know around our program you know, Ben and I actually traveled up to Cleveland. I think it was um, uh, not this year's, but the, the last year. It was last year's, right? The All Star, the All Star Classic, or was it two years ago? It was two. Whenever it was, it was hosted up at. Up, you know, yeah, it was two years State, ago. Two years ago, and um, yeah, we we came away from that really impressed, like by just the show of it being put on and everything. So I can totally pick up on what you're putting down with <laughs> with what you're trying to do with the home duels and everything. Um, yeah. Hey, so. If you don't mind me asking, um, you know, considering Cleveland State was was you know defunded for you know a few days, um, and now it's everything's back up and running. They've got everything you know taken care of and everything. How many scholarships do you have to work with right now? So, so in state, uh, we're we're basically fully funded. So if we wanted to go out and recruit, you know, the the limit's nine point nine. Right. Um, if we wanted to recruit nine in state student athletes, we could give them all full rides. Um, it's a little different out of state. It, it costs a little bit more as far as that goes, but I think that's the one crucial thing that we have here. And not only with the wrestling program, but with a lot of the other sports would be just the scholarship money. And the last couple of years since I've been here, that's kind of been the key with the athletic directors and just saying, Hey, you know, you guys have, you guys have, the same scholarship that the big programs have. Yeah. We don't have a lot of the same facilities, some of the same resources, but honestly, especially nowadays when you're recruiting, 
you know, it comes down to money a lot of times. So right. if we're, if we're able to offer kids a little bit more money than maybe a bigger school or, um, you know, a, able to offer them something compared to nothing, then that keeps us in the game as far as recruiting goes. So yeah, we're, we're in pretty good shape as far as scholarship goes. And that's one of the reasons that, you know, I kind of like this. Uh, I like Cleveland state compared to, you know, maybe a few other schools that, that I would, be interested in interviewing back in, in PA. I know there's a lot of schools that don't have, you know, I hate to say half a half of what you're allowed to have, right? You know, as far as scholarship goes. So we're we're pretty lucky to, you know, to be to have that much scholarship to give out. No, I think it's great. I mean, it, you know, based on what you just said there, essentially, like you said, you're fully funded in the state of Ohio, so you can offer nine point nine scholarships. And I mean, let's face it, you're sitting you know, in the state of Ohio, which like Pennsylvania is, you know, especially where you're at in the Cleveland area is one of the, you know, the the biggest wrestling hotbeds in the entire country. So what better place to recruit in state from than, you know, than Ohio or a place like Pennsylvania where you came from? Yeah, exactly. And, and it's still a state school. So the cost of tuition is pretty low and even better more and more. I mean, more people want to move down to Cleveland. They want to move in town and a great thing that I've found out the last couple of years too, since I've been here is our students don't have to stay on campus their freshman year. So we've been, we've been putting our kids in, you know, some off campus housing right beside, you know, right beside the university and their year round leases. So it provides an opportunity for our, even our freshmen to stay around the program and, um, you know, get, get in the weight room with our strength coach and, you know, be part of the Cleveland state wrestling program year round and not just, you know, for the eight or nine months they're in school. So we kind of just brought up the fact that, you know, obviously Cleveland State sits in a, you know, smack dab in the hotbed. But, you know, how important is it to you and your staff to recruit locally in Cleveland and build those relationships, you know, as well as obviously Pennsylvania, where you're from? Yeah, no, I mean, that's um, I think that's one of the main reasons that I felt like I could really have an impact here at Cleveland State just with the relationships that I built for the 11 years and I was at Kent, one of the, one of the main things I created there was um, the camp system that we had, you know, over 500 kids for two or three years straight. And it kind of started from scratch when I got there. And, you know, by the time I left, we had, I think maybe 3000 campers in seven years or so, but, you know, doing that, just, just hustling, calling coaches, you know, kind of cold calling them, make an introduction and just getting to know, getting to know a lot of them and then down the road a lot of these coaches still coach or or kind of know the know other coaches and with recruiting that's that's huge if you if a coach knows you know that hey you're gonna you're gonna take care of take care of my guys and you're gonna look out for them then you know more likely than not they'll at least send the kid on a visit and and uh give us an opportunity to to recruit the kid so that was huge when i when i first took the job is just having those relationships already in place and knowing a lot of coaches, not from just this area, but from Columbus area and Toledo area and a lot of great club coaches out there and just being able to make a quick phone call or send a text and say, Hey, how's this guy? Or do you have anybody coming up that would be, you know, great for these weight classes? And it was, you know, definitely, definitely a positive when I, obviously when I took over the head coaching job too, because a lot of my buddies that are, that I've coached are now coaching too. And they're like, Hey, if we get anybody good, we're going to at least send them out there for a visit. So, you know, I think it's it's really important as far as relationships go for recruiting. But the other thing is just, uh, you know, building fan base, uh, building, you know, building a program around local kids is, I think, a no-brainer. And there's not, you know, a ton of programs that have the opportunity to just cast a net out, you know, an hour, an hour and a half away from your campus and say, hey, if we could get even two or three of the best kids in this area – we can have a top 25 program in four to five years. Um, but it sounds good. I mean, it's a little harder than it sounds. I mean, obviously there's so many <laughs> right. other great programs out there coming and stealing our guys, but I, but I know the better we get, the more results we have, the more we get out there as a staff and just build those relationships with people. It'll come uh, sooner than later. And that's, you know, that's our game plan is everybody knows it's kind of a process and you're not going to get every kid and, you know, obviously there's a lot of great schools out there and some kids of course. have schools that they really want to go to. And, and 
I think more and more kids will look at Cleveland State now with, you know, everything that's going on and in the city, on campus, and and hopefully, you know, since I've taken over, they see there's somebody that's, you know, been to the national finals and understands what, what it takes to develop guys and, you know, they feel like they can they can reach their goals and get an education here, and that's kind of what we're looking for. No, I think that's amazing. And again, you go back, you look at your track record, where you've been, who you've worked with, what they've done. I mean, the results speak for themselves. Um, you know, so so let's go ahead. Let's move on to, to, to this year's team. And I think, you know, anybody okay. that's that's paid attention to Cleveland State this year or even just, you know, goes in, looks at your roster, looks at your lineup. I think we can all agree that you've got a pretty young roster for the most part. I think you've got only, what, three seniors on the team and, and one of them is in red shirt this year. We'll come back next year, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yep. Um, yeah, we had three seniors for senior night. Our, our one senior, he was a freshman my first year. He ended up, he got a pacemaker put in and, and only competed one season. And then we had another season or senior that was a two-year starter that uh, got a concussion late in the season during a wrestle off with our eventual starter at 165. And then Armando Torres, who transferred in from Eastern Michigan, was our last senior. And he's you know, honestly, we can't say enough good things about him. And um, the situation in Eastern Michigan obviously was was a bummer and sad for everyone. And he was a guy sitting out there that you know maybe maybe wouldn't have wrestled another year if, if a program like ours wouldn't have came around and picked him up. And we couldn't be happier with just the leadership of of him. The, I mean, he's wrestled in every every thing on our schedule. He's he's wrestled in. He has forty matches and. You know, the last couple of years at Eastern, I, I think maybe he only had 10 or 15 matches both years. He was kind of sitting behind a couple of really good kids out there. So given, you know, giving him another opportunity to compete in a sport that he really loved, you know, 45 minutes from home and for him to take advantage of that opportunity and make the most of it, it's been it's been pretty awesome. Yeah, he's a, if I recall correctly, he's an Illyria kid, right? Yep, correct. Yeah, yep. yeah, I remember following him in high school. A real, real, real tough kid. So, with that said, you know, talk to us a little bit about what, what you've seen from your team this year, and, and you know, kind of your evaluation on how, their performance this year, and kind of what they need to do to improve on their regular season performances going into the EWL conference tournament. Yeah, the main. I mean, I think the main thing this year we knew redshirting Evan Cheek was a national qualifier last year, redshirting Giorgio Polis who you know, was a true freshman last year, kind of came on, you know, decently strong at the end of the year, started picking things up and was, um, you know, one of our best recruits from the year before and actually in top 10 uh, coming out of high school. But we knew redshirt and two of those guys was, we were going to, we were going to struggle a little bit, but the main focus was really just, just staying positive, enjoying, kind of enjoying, enjoying our teammates, building some camaraderie and just, just really working working out and, you know, focusing on the small details throughout the year. And I think early on, we, you know, clearing open, we started out, we had a, we had a champ, we had some place winners and, you know, as the season progressed, I think we started kind of getting in our niche and our guys really started focusing on the things they were good at. And that's kind of been the message to a lot of the younger, younger guys is just, let's figure out what you're good at and let's, really get you in those situations as much as you can during matches to give yourself an opportunity, not only to score points, but to, to win matches. And that's kind of been our, our main key this year. And I think if you look at our results, you know, we're not, we weren't, I don't think we had a great year, but I, but I think you can say we were competitive with a lot of teams and a lot of, a lot of close matches that we lost early on. We started winning a lot more of those later on in the season and, with heading into the the conference tournament, I think the same thing goes. I mean, if you lost to a kid by one or two points, you know you have to be two or three points better when you go to the conference tournament, and that's that's been our what we've been talking about this week and last week is just you got to be two or three points better. You got to know your positions and kind of watching some of the watching some of the matches and then you know really putting those guys and building confidence in in, in those ten guys that are going to go out there and represent us. Uh, moving forward but the, I guess the biggest the biggest plan for me you know to develop these guys is just to put a good like like anybody else put a good spring and summer in and I you know you'll get a lot of kids that 
hey, the season's over. We, you know, we, we were on the grind for six months, seven months. Now it's time to take a break where, you know, our mindset's going to be, you know, we're going to give you a week off after after the season, but then we're going to kind of get back after it. You know, especially the guys that maybe weren't the starters this year, they didn't wrestle as many matches. So for those guys, we're, we want to get them back in the room and, and keep the development going and, and really just build as a team. You know, I think in the past couple summers, we've had individuals here that have been in and out, but this year our team's been closer, you know, as far as, as far as just helping each other, building each other, being good teammates. I really feel like a good spring and a good summer getting our two guys off a of red shirt, adding some, uh, some incoming recruits, maybe a few transfers. We're going to put ourselves in a good, a good position to, you know, to be really competitive next year with, you know, with the same type of kids we wrestled this year, I think we're going to start really seeing a, uh, a big improvement and get more victories next year. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think it's going to be huge, obviously, when you get Cheek and pull us off red shirt. But, you know, you actually did have some guys. Yeah. You, you've had some guys that have had some pretty solid seasons this year. You know, uh, there's a couple freshmen and uh, sophomores you had, and then obviously Torres. You know, what are your expectations? Yep. What are your uh, expectations heading into EWL? Uh, I guess the expectation is, you know, you got to outperform yourself. I think, you know, you look at a guy like Armando Torres, he he wrestled probably four or five matches this year that he was, I think he could have won. And that would have put him, I think, in a, you know, he'd be ranked in the top 29. I think his RPI would be top 29. And also I think it'd give him the winning percentage. But those matches slipped away for one one reason or another. And what we're telling them is, Hey, you've been in those matches with these kids. Now we got to tighten it up. Now we got to figure out what, you know, positions you need to be in and we got to find a way to win. And I know for him, it's a little bit different because this is, you know, he's our only senior wrestling at the conference tournament. So for him, this has to mean more to him than anybody else. And he has to, like a lot of other coaches tell their kids, I mean, you, you have to want it more than the next guy. And I know he wants it. I know he's, working his butt off and you know as a coach you just you just hope that all the preparation is paid off and and these kids believe in themselves and and they go out there and get it done and that's all you know the the coaching up up until next you know next thursday or friday we can only do so much and and it's really up to the student athlete when they walk on the mat to figure out a way to win and with uh with him he's a you know fifth year senior so he understands like i said he understands more than anybody that this is his last shot so we just we just wanted to see him lay it on the line and give himself an opportunity to make it to nationals yeah and then a lot of our other guys you know if you look i guess if you look at our lineup we have from last season we have nine out of the 10 weight classes are a different guy you know we had a couple guys move up ryan ford went from 149 to 165 we had a guy cut from 49, Sam Matic down to 41, who's kind of, you know, pretty funky wrestler, fun to watch, but he right. finally got his weight under control. And I think he, you know, has given, given some guys a good match at 41. So with the one, you know, a morning weigh-in, he's going to be pretty big by the end of the day, hopefully. But just seeing just, <laughs> just seeing these guys develop and, and giving, giving them an opportunity. I mean, when you, you know, you have nine weight classes that, have new guys in them. You just, honestly, you never know really what to expect, but you just, you just hope they embrace the opportunity. You know, they, they, you know, they invest in themselves. They're doing the right things when you're, when they're not around the program. And then, you know, for me as a coach, and I'm sure other coaches feel the same way. We're, we're excited just to go out there and watch these guys and see how they do. You know I mean? Obviously, you know, a lot of times what you're going to get, but you know, it's those times that the kids go out there and they just do something that, maybe maybe they've never hit before or, or you didn't know they had it in them and that's the most exciting thing as a coach when your your athlete goes out there and just performs above and beyond their expectations your expectations and something special happens right you know i think it's 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 funny listening to you not funny but just interesting listening to you to talk <laughs> about this um you know ben and i coached wrestling at the high school level together for many years and we you know we had a, a head coach that we that we worked under that we really respected and he used to always say at this time of the year you know uh, the haze in the barn more or less you know we've we've done all we can at this point now it's up to those guys to go out there and basically be better than they were 
all year yeah. long. So it's really interesting to just kind of hear college coaches at the D1 level kind of emphasize that point that it's 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 nothing different, you know, than it is at that level that, you know, you've done all the work you can, your coaching staff has put the time in, and now it's up to the kids, you know, the, the 10 guys that you have on the mat on that team to go out there and just, just be better. And if whatever their goals are, it's their responsibility to go earn them now. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, at some point, at some point, they have to take ownership in their own, you know, their own results. And, uh, you know, I think as obviously the the older you get, and the more experience you have, you understand how to do that right better and at a higher rate. And we do have a lot of young guys in the lineup, so they'll they'll learn from their experience this year. And you know, nine out of the, nine out of ten of those guys will be back next year, and and hopefully find a way to do it better. So, Coach Moore, you know, we look, we've seen you have success with guys throughout your entire coaching career, even at Cleveland State. I mean, you know, you've had guys perform really well at the national tournament. Maybe just come up a little short, though. With that said, what's it going to take to get somebody from Cleveland State on the podium at the national tournament? Well, as much as as much as it's an individual sport, as far as, you know, that one guy is going to have to wrestle extremely well and put himself in a position to do that. I, I firmly believe that it, it really takes the whole team and that's kind of been another focus. Just, you know, I don't really say this to the guys, but it's, it's one of those things where you're only as strong as your, you know, your, your worst three wrestlers or your weakest three wrestlers. And right. we're trying to create an, an atmosphere and a culture that everybody needs to, needs to train like they're going to be competing at the national tournament and everybody needs to, you know, keep their diet check and their lifestyle and, and be disciplined. And because the better workout partners you have, the more you're pushed by your, by, you know, your teammates and your coaches, I think the, the more you get out of people. And, um, you know, obviously we have a lot of, you look at our roster, we have a lot of guys that, that have had success in high school. You know, there may be a one-time state champ or two or three times state place winner. And, those guys, it, it, it does take a little bit longer to develop someone that, that isn't a two or three time state champ that some of these bigger schools are getting. So it's, uh, you know, we talk about just, Hey, it's a process. It's, it takes time, but that doesn't mean you can't speed up that process if you do more and you're more focused than, than the next guy. And it, for me, I think, you know, going into next year, um, you know, Evan Cheek is, he wrestled, you know, a few times this year, I'd like to see him wrestle a little bit more, to be honest, but he's in the room working hard. Uh, and he understands, you know, he took a red shirt because he wanted to, he wanted an opportunity to, to develop and to be, to be an all American. And if you, if you watched him last year at the end of the season, you really, you, you would notice that he started clicking. He started getting to his offense. He started feeling, feeling those positions more that he, he could have more success and he was attacking them. And, I mean- yeah, I mean, look, I mean, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, you would know, but, I mean, he was an EWL champ last year. I think he was the outstanding wrestler at the tournament as well, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, he he pinned Zach, or, uh, Zach Earl in the finals. And, right. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a tough weight class. I think, I don't know what, what seed he was, maybe third seed, but he wrestled three good matches. I mean, three kids that were, you know, nas- nationally ranked top 25 to make it to the finals. And then in the finals, it just kind of, you know, uh, was it a little bit lucky? Yeah, but it was just one of those positions that he knew he was super strong at. And you got to love when, when kids know their, their strengths and they attack them and it paid off for him. Um, biggest thing too, is he went on after that and wrestled, you know, Dean Heil first match at nationals and got the first takedown. And, and uh, I think he ended up losing by one point, but was right there with a kid that was a two-time national champ. And, you know, toe to toe with him. And, um, well, that, I think that says a lot of what, what his potential is. And obviously he has a lot of work to do, you know, to, to get on that podium, but he has, he definitely has the, the skills and, you know, I guess I would say the confidence to get there. It's just a matter of, you know, doing everything right. And, you know, putting himself in, putting himself in another position to do that. So we're, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty excited to have him back, not only as someone that, that can become an All-American, but someone that these younger guys can look up to as well. And knowing he was, you know, an EWL champ and made it to nationals, I think is big, building confidence in our in our younger guys. And he'll be, 
you know, back competing for us and in our lineup and he'll create a lot of excitement around that program with, with some of the stuff he does and, um, you know, adding him to a dual meet, you know, if he's wrestling somebody, um, you know, I, I think he always has a chance to get a pin and, you know, a dual meet to get six points is huge. So he'll, he'll next year, I think there's no doubt that he'll help us win a lot more dual meets than we did this year. And then also, you know, part of that's up to him too. I mean, he has to, he has to figure out what weight class he wants to go. If he wants to make 41 again, if he wants to go 49. So there's, there's obviously still a lot to get figured out, but you know, again, we're, we're excited to see what he can do. It's every time he walks out on the mat, you're just, you know, it's kind of like, a, what's, what's I'm going to do this time. And it's just kind of a show he puts on. Yeah. I, th- I think with, with Evan coming back <clears throat> and Pulos coming back, it's, you know, that's going to, kind of bolster the lineup but switching gears and i know we've yeah. we've kept you on here for a long time and so we we appreciate you spending so much time with us but you know we'd yeah. be remiss if we didn't ask these questions you know your your twin brother scott's the head coach at lock haven what's it what's it like to coach yeah. against him you know same conference uh i mean we've we've been coaching against each other for a long time you know honestly he was at uva and i was at kent and we we kind of coach against each other. Then when he went up to Lock Haven, it was kind of the same thing. But now that we're in the same conference, it, it, it makes it a little bit, I won't say tougher, because we have a good relationship. I mean, we probably talk every day about one thing or another. And, you know, going through going through kind of what I went through to get, to get this head coaching job, he was, you know, definitely helped me out, gave me ideas, um, you know, instilled confidence in, and what I've done in the past. And I think he, you know, was a big, was a big help with that. So we're competitive. I don't think we don't really ever, not to my knowledge that we have hard feelings for each other when we wrestle each other's team. Right. Obviously he wants, he wants to win. I want to win. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we're family and we're not, I'm not going to, you know, hold anything against them long-term, you know, obviously I, <laughs> funny stories. My, my first year up at Cleveland state, when I was an assistant coach, we went down there and I think we kind of had this one of the same seasons we had this year. I and mean, we had maybe five or six wins. We, we had a couple of decent guys. I think Riley Shaw, uh, Sam Wheeler, a couple of national qualifiers and a couple other decent guys. And we, um, you know, I guess it was at Lock Haven and a lot of people were, you know, it was, a, it was a it was kind of an exciting match, and a lot of people thought, "Oh, Lockhaven's going to win this. It's Cleveland State. You know, why why wouldn't Lockhaven win?" Well, it actually came down to the final match of the night at 174, and our guy won. And I think it was like an ultimate tiebreaker situation or a ride out, and we ended up winning the match. And he was he was pretty salty for a couple of days. <laughs> Just. Uh, if if you know the type of person he is, he just was mad and he thought that we never should have beat him. And so it was kind of, it was kind of interesting. I think, um, I don't, I don't think his wife would talk to us for like two weeks after that because That's she hilarious. was mad at us. And it was, it, it was kind of funny. The last couple of years haven't been the same. I mean, they've been right. kind of putting it on us a little bit yeah, and I'm hoping success, you know, yeah, they're doing, they're doing well. And that all started with, uh, you know, started with, uh, I think it was Danny Neff. But maybe four years ago, when he hit the uh, flying Granby to the reversal <laughs> against uh, the OU kid to, to get on the podium, and I, if, you, if you haven't seen that match, that's a that end, end of that match is is pretty crazy. But it, it, when you talk about you know getting somebody on the podium and building from that, that was huge. What what they did, and they've had obviously uh, Chance Marsteller who transferred in is doing doing great. But then Ronnie Perry last year making the national finals, it's you know, especially uh, a PA kid that I think took seventh in the state, developed into you know becoming a national finalist, and that's that's kind of been their claim to fame over there. And that's honestly what we're looking for: somebody to step up, somebody to to do something special and and help us. You know, not only help us, but kind of propel us back into the you know one of the programs that people talk about and for years to come and, and it'll help help them and it'll help us with recruiting as well. All right, coach Moore, listen, as Ben said, you know, we've had you on for a long time already and we really appreciate your time coming on and talking to a couple of knuckleheads like us when you got better things to do, obviously getting your team prepared. <laughs> um, one last question. Yep. We, we just got to ask you if, 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 right. if I'm the kid, if, if I'm a kid, 
you know, a recruit that you're after or the father of a recruit that you're after, give me your best sell. What, what's your, sell me on Cleveland State. Well, I mean, I think, honestly, you know, kids, we get kids on campus and when you show them not only the campus setting and all the improvements, but just the downtown and the opportunity that comes along with that. And, you know, it's a different opportunity. Some kids, they want to go to your typical college school, college program or, or college town, sorry, and live the college life or where you could come here and have more opportunity, way more opportunity just with everything that, you know, a city campus can, can offer you with the fortune 500 companies, with the, the co-ops, the internships, and, you know, they could get real life experience right down the street where, you know, a lot of the smaller campuses, you, you don't have that. So we sell kids on that, just this, the opportunity and the excitement of the city. I mean, who, who wouldn't want to walk out your apartment and walk two blocks and go to an Indians game on a, you know, on a Friday night, on a Saturday afternoon. Sign me up, um, coach. There's just so, there's just so much going on in the city. And like anything else, you can choose to take advantage of it and you can choose to have a great experience and to do all those things. But if you're just a, a college student, that just wants to stay in your apartment and study and train to be a national champ, you know, you could do that here too. So it's, it's a great place, you know, overall, again, with the lake and with, uh, with all the great things around this area and the suburbs, it's, there's just tons of, you know, tons of things to do, you know, you're never going to be bored and you're going to leave here after four or five years, just as a better person, you're going to experience more than most kids would at most campuses. And also, you know, the, the, the wrestling programs, you know, on the rise and we're starting to get, starting to put the pieces together and, you know, we expect guys to come in here and work hard and, and, uh, you know, they're going to train like they're going to be D one all Americans. And that's what we're looking for. Love it. Well, Hey, listen, Coach Moore, again, you know, we really appreciate you coming on and taking the time to talk to us. Um, I tell you what, I'm a Cleveland fan through and through. So if you had a single throw it my way, I'll put it on a step on the mat for about five seconds and then I'm running right back off. Cause I'm too old. <laughs> All right. Um, All right. Uh, Absolutely. But, you know, we, we, again, we really appreciate your time and we wish you the best of the luck the rest of the season going into the EWL tournament. And then in a couple of weeks after that to the national term as well. Um, Hope you get as many guys as you can um, in Pittsburgh this year wrestling um, and, and hopefully making some dreams come true for themselves and for the Cleveland State program. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, guys. I'm, I know it took up a lot of your time, too, but I appreciate what you guys do, and I'm going to start listening to your podcast here. And I got a nice little 35-minute drive to work, so I'm going to load it up and start listening to you guys, and you guys would definitely have a lot of passion for the sport. And that's, you know, from a wrestling coach, it's uh, important to, you know, have people like you advertising and marketing our our great sport and i know you guys truly believe that it's the best sport on the planet 100 percent. we appreciate the kind words yep. and again we wish you best, the best of luck the rest of the season coach all right thank you guys have a good night thank you